Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Today is Wednesday, January the 25th, and we thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me in studio is Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Good morning. Just 11 months of shopping days left before Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's strange about that is... We, that's actually true. We're to, uh, we're down to about eleven months. You're not right for the first of the year. We were joking around. Well, three hundred sixty-four <laughs> days or whatever, uh, and but now eleven months. We've almost blown right. blown through January. So everybody's got an equal opportunity to yes yes get your Christmas bought uh, before Hobby Lobby will have its Christmas <laughs> items out just in a few weeks. <laughs> before you know it, folks. You know, I've often thought for those who. Uh, Criticize the celebration of Christmas because it's a Christian holiday. Mm. You know, you'll get some of those wokies and and uh, and uh, the, those kinds of uh, Christian bashers. Anyway, I was thinking, everybody, regardless of how pagan you are, <laughs> need to be thankful right. that there's a Christmas gift buying season. Because that's what keeps the economy afloat. Yes. It really does. Huh? And from yeah. Thanksgiving on to the end of the year. Because that's, of that's probably Christmas. a fifth of the year's total retail sales, I would guess. My dad had a menswear store. 50% of his, okay. of his sales were November and December. Okay. Wow. Well, then maybe it's more than, you know, I don't know. But it's a, it's a, the largest percentage of retail sales are, in America has to take place there for, for, for the purpose of Christmas, of yes. celebrating Christmas. Yes. And besides so, that, you're talking Christmas parties, Christmas day yep. off yep. at work, no matter how pagan your yep. company is. So <laughs> pagans need to celebrate. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they need to celebrate Christmas for that reason. Nobody's going to nobody's gonna celebrate winter solstice. <laughs> I don't care how pagan you are. Yeah. You're not going shopping. No. To buy your family <laughs> gifts. For winter solstice. Are you? No. No. no, you're gonna go to a winter solstice party, <laughs> maybe for the novelty, the first time or two they have it. But after that, you know, I'm not going to the winter solstice party. I'm not, I'm not right. dressing up like an elf right. or a fairy. Right, right. We're, we're not going to play dirty pagan, yeah. <laughs> dirty fairy, dirty fairy. Uh, oh, all right, <laughs> hey, listen. At the bottom of the hour, we got one of uh, our favorite folks here on AFR. Who are we going to be talking to, Ed? We'll be talking to uh, Bishop E. W. Jackson, who's uh, a lot of our listeners know. He's got a very popular program in American Family Radio. Host of the Awakening, heard weekdays at 12 p.m. Central Time on AFR. But we're going to be talking with Bishop Jackson about his new book, Sweet Land of Liberty, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves. And, of course, if anyone's listened to Bishop Jackson, what a testimony he has mm-hmm. and what a powerful witness he has been to the saving power of Jesus Christ and the power of the truth of Scripture to keep, to make and keep people free. And so we'll be talking with uh, Bishop Jackson uh, at the bottom of the hour when we come back from our break in a little bit. 
All right, and if you want to watch this year's show on the Internet, go to uh, two places you can go to. You can go to our video streaming service, which is streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. Go and watch the show there. And a lot of our other shows uh, streams there, stream there here on AFR. Or you can uh, go to our Facebook page, Today's Issues. Just type in Facebook, Today's Issues, and we live video stream the show there. And we post the stories on our Today's Issues Facebook page that we discuss here during this hour and a half program, Monday through Friday. All right, Fred, what's leading the news well, leading the news this morning, uh, more bad weather through the southeastern part of the United States. Uh, a uh, community just east of Houston, Texas, uh, bore the brunt of a tornado yesterday. Pasadena, Texas, uh, saw some of the pictures coming out of there this morning. Uh, several businesses destroyed. Uh, fortunately, uh, we're not hearing any reports of any serious injuries to folks. And so we're, we're glad to report that. The American Red Cross uh, announcing this morning that it's opening up a shelter in Pasadena for folks there whose structures were destroyed. Now, uh, this system moved through Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama overnight. Uh, No reports of really heavy damage, a lot of power outage in Louisiana and parts of Texas. But now uh, hitting Georgia and South Carolina, northern Florida. And uh, so there are warnings there are possible tornadoes as the day goes on there. So this is a bad system. We've seen several of these this winter. Uh, To the north, same system, but to the north, uh, some heavy snow in northern Oklahoma last night, some freezing rain in parts of Tennessee. Uh, So um, it's wintertime. These systems are going to happen, but it is is nice when you can report on these things but no loss of life reported so far. Well, I got to tell you, Fred, I'm very concerned about the effect of climate change on these weather systems. When I was growing up in New England, I don't ever remember snowstorms. No, never had cold weather. This is all brand new. And no, listen, I, I, I'm not making light of the, the severity of, of storms. I'm making light of the, the people who. Uh, blame all that on climate change. This yes. has been going on as long as there have been people on the planet. Yep. And um, like you said, it's wintertime. Mm-hmm. We all know down here in the southern, the southeastern part where our flagship station is for our network, we know what winters are like. Yep. You know, it's going to be wet. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be miserable. And then you'll have a week of bright blue skies and pleasant weather. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then March and April get here, yes. 75 and 80. Yeah, yep. and, and that's when you really begin to shine. <laughs> that's right. You can get out. <laughs> it's my, that's when I come out of my shell. That's right. <clears throat> kind of yeah. like the, uh, what is that, Poxitani Phil? Yeah. The, when is, is that? that a woodchuck? What, uh, what is that again? It's February, isn't it? Uh, you mean what kind of animals he? Yeah, is that a woodchuck? What is that? Well, Poxitani Phil. They would chuck if they could. If but they would chuck wood. I, I would chuck wood if he could. But it's I'm, not a. It's a. But I, he, I, I can't remember what kind of. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, it's not, not a. It's not a woodchuck. That's not right. It's a groundhog. Groundhog. That's it. Yes. Groundhog remember day. from the Groundhog Day movie. Yeah. Groundhog. Yeah. Bill what Murray was, was in both those. <laughs> he was. Uh, wasn't he? He was in. Uh, ground, or no, that was Groundhog Day. Was about. We have uh, Bill Murray. The, the day Tony Phil yes. and all that. Yeah. The day, day. repeating. Well, that script writer, he got off easy, didn't he? 
<laughs> for that movie. Okay, here's the idea. Right. He's going to experience something one day, and then we're going to repeat it for the rest right. of the movie. Right. Until Do the it's same over. thing over and over yeah. and over and over again. Groundhog. What was that? Uh, so, so bad weather uh, through much of the country yesterday and today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next story. All right. Well, uh, let's let's return to the uh, latest chapter of the doc story, document story. Classified documents. Classified documents. USA. Okay. We have to start uh, with uh, some audio from an interview that former President Pence did. There you go, Fred. You just Biden. I I just said former President President Pence. Did I say president or vice president? Did he say vice president or president? I I wasn't listening. Well, anyway, I thought you (laughs) said said former President Pence, but go ahead. Former Vice Vice President Pence. Uh, here's some audio of what he had to say about classified documents just a few weeks ago. Cut one. As we sit here in your home office in, in Indiana, did you take any classified documents with you from the White House? Uh, I, I did not. Uh, the attorneys on my staff went through all the documents to ensure that any documents uh, that needed to be turned over to the National Archives, including classified documents, uh, were turned over. When All right. That, when was that last statement? When was it? Well, just in the last few weeks since the Biden story. All that was. Yes. Okay. That's my understanding. Uh, well, yesterday uh, we were told there was an announcement made that documents, classified documents, have been found at the former vice president's home in Indiana. So. That made headline news. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I had to do Gomer Powell. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, this adds to, it was really interesting. I kind of expected this when I came in the office this morning, knowing what had happened uh, late yesterday. The narrative of the whole document story has changed. <clears throat> and reporters yesterday were running around. They talked to Democrat senior Senator Dick Durbin. They talked to Mitch McConnell. They talked to Lindsey Graham. They talked to Rick Scott of Florida. And all of them are saying, here's the problem with all of this. And when you talk to Dick Durbin, been in the Senate forever and ever. Right. Mitch McConnell, been in the Senate forever. They're, they're saying, we don't know how this is happening. There are strict rules, apparently. <laughs> Supposed to be. There are strict rules. I mean, I, th- I think it was Mitch McConnell that said, when you want to look, if you're in the Senate, you want to look at a document, a classified document, you go into a room. They call it a skiff. And you can't take a briefcase in. You go in and look at the document, and then someone checks you when you come out right. that you're not taking. This is what Rick Scott and the others are saying. There are rules. There are strict rules. How is this happening? So that the story has somewhat shifted in the eyes of the media at least to this we got to tighten up we got to start applying the rules again we got to tighten up this thing that's where it's going now the impact of the pence discovery what's it going to have on the biden investigation what's it going to have on the trump investigation that's for discussion you know this this is this is getting to be bizarre uh, because I, I will say this i trust mike pence I don't. I don't know the man personally, the former vice president or president, however you want to refer to him. But um, I, I, I trust him. I think he is a man of integrity. He's a fine Christian man. When he said, "No, I don't have any of those documents," I believe that he was telling the truth. Hmm. As 
in other words, in parentheses, as far as he knew. I think there, like you're saying, Fred, and like others are suggesting, there's some breakdown in the way this process works because that was always my understanding. With the situation you described on how you look at classified documents, now I'm not sure how that's handled with the president and the vice president and the executive branch. It might not be as strict. They may have, you know, documents delivered to the Oval Office and they look at them and they keep, I don't know, but in the Senate and probably the House, that was my understanding of the way it always worked. And now we're finding out that somehow, some way, that strict process is not being followed because that's the only explanation for how these members of Congress are winding up with these documents Mm. uh, because I don't believe they're stealing them. I don't think they're putting them under their jacket trying to get out. I just think the process is broken down. And the, and people are getting documents and taking them to a senator's office, and they're looking at them, and it gets stuck in a Time magazine and Sports mm. Illustrated when, on the way home. Before you know it, it's in a box with his, you know, with uh, the high school annual, you know, and old uh, old uh, cable bills. Yeah, I had to wonder when I heard the the story breaking about uh, former Vice President Pence yesterday. What prompted them in their mind to say, "Wait a minute." When I left that office of vice president, uh, I think somebody took some documents to my house. Is yeah. that is that what it was? That kind of came to mind. Yeah, this like you guys are saying, it's all weird how this could all happen. And maybe things are overclassified, as Gary Bowers talked about. The Washington's notorious for overclassifying yeah. things. Maybe it's just somebody, you know, like. Uh, Colonel Sanders, somebody had a recipe they didn't want stolen, and they classified it. <laughs> oh, you know? I see. I don't, I don't know exactly what all's in this classified information, but uh, it puts both parties. It kind of neutralizes the argument. You know, they went after. Remember, everybody went after Trump. Oh, oh my goodness! How could he do this? Yeah, this is awful. This is a uh, you know like. Imp- imp- we it's would, a threat to our democracy. We, yes, and we could we would impeach him again if we could, it's, but he's not in office anymore. Right. Uh, then it turns out Biden did the same, did, did worse, right. quite frankly, because Biden took stuff back when he was the Senate, he was in the Senate. And then when he, when he left a, a, the office as vice president, he took stuff and stored in multiple occasions. There's no chain of custody. We don't know where all this stuff wandered around for six years. Right. What's in there. Trump at least had it in a, uh, and by the way, Trump would say I could declassify. Right, because I was president. A vice president cannot. That's one big argument that that uh, he would make. But uh, you know, the 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 ones that they claimed he had uh, that he shouldn't have were in a store. Were in a room uh, behind a uh, in in a in a secure compound with the Secret Service guarding the place Mm -hmm. under lock and key. So um, then (laughs) then you got. Former Vice President Pence doing an interview with ABC. I don't know. Some people think Pence was piling on Trump at the time by saying I didn't have this stuff. Oh, but and and because he, he was asked, should is there any reason why anybody should take classified information? And he said no. Now I didn't see any other answer than that. To me, that wasn't piling on Trump. That was just answering a question. No, nobody should. Right. He wasn't saying. Trump's a bad guy, right? My, my former boss. That's that's the way I interpreted what he said. 
But he did say, Pence, I don't have any classified documents. We heard that at my house. As it turns out, he did. And uh, his, uh, I guess his uh, lawyers, lawyer. his lawyers was the ones who discovered it. So he, so he self-reported, so to speak, mm-hmm. right. the whole incident. I, you know, they're going to have to just tighten the security on, on this. This is everybody's fault. Uh, this is a lot of people's faults. I, I don't think, uh, this is my own view, I don't think Trump, personally authorized the taking of these documents that were in his house if he knew they were classified. Maybe he did, and he said, I've unclassified them. I don't know. Uh, Pence, I don't think, knowingly took anything um, because I don't think he would have answered the question the way he did there. And uh, nor do I think he would have done a uh, self discovery on this or right. a self-search yeah you just played dumb at that point. yeah and what i'm gonna what i'm about to say sounds partisan because i'm a conservative and i don't like biden because he's a liberal okay i'll put that out front but i think biden didn't know mm. and the reason i say that is it's in his personal library they yeah. said and they were found on they were found uh, these classified documents were found in multiple locations yes uh the vice president of the uh pence uh, excuse me the pen biden quote think tank mm-hmm. uh the garage by the corvette in boxes and then in his personal library wasn't there a fourth place they discovered last friday I, well yeah. and i thought i thought there were some over the weekend too I, i've lost track last friday they found another bunch okay. inside but, the with some buried uh under the doghouse in the backyard <laughs> they discovered that I think and, you're not giving the former uh vice president um i mean uh, the president biden enough credit tim but we said that that uh, Trump had his in a secure room guarded by the... Right, with Secret Service. Yes. President Biden had his locked in the garage with his Corvette. It wasn't like the Corvette was out on the street. It wasn't like it was out in the yard, okay? It was locked. I think it's not right to not mention the fact that he defended that that garage was locked. He wanted to make a point of that. Yes, and even though Hunter Biden had access to it, okay... That doesn't mean party. Yeah. <laughs> how many parties cheap, did Hunter Biden have over there? Well, uh, it sounds like he. Anyway, I, I, I think I think I, I think now Biden may not remember this doing this because I mean, uh, just because of the condition he's in right now. Uh, but it's not. He's not helping himself. Biden going around saying, "There's no there there. I have no regrets. <laughs> I'm going." This is not a good PR move uh-uh. to say you got classified information that you've that are found in multiple locations. You're subject to imprisonment if you weren't in if you weren't in the White House, and you're saying I have no regrets. Right? This is like uh, this is like a Frank Sinatra song at the end of your life. You know, I have no regrets. <laughs> no, you've you committed a federal crime multiple times. And you're saying you had no regrets and uh, what? And there's no there there. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to tell a little bit here. I, I'm going to tell a little story on my wife. Okay. Because she's babysitting. You've never done that before. She's, she's live radio. You can't take it back. <laughs> yet. She's she's babysitting the grandkids. I All know right. she's not listening to the program. All okay. Right. So this is what I think these documents are becoming. These classified documents. Mm-hmm. All right. I do the finances at our house. And I'm always telling my wife, please bring me your receipts. 
okay, when you use your debit card, okay? Now, I just, you know, take note of you. I throw, you know, these kinds out, this kind I may save, if there may be some tax value. But my wife cannot, cannot be trusted with receipts, okay? I have found clumps of receipts, okay, stuffed in places that they should not be. Hey, you know when I was joking about the president making right. some in a box of cereal? Right. I can, you can find those receipts. Every, I'll say, what are these receipts doing here, over here by the salt shaker? Oh, I was going to take them to your office, blah, 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 blah. And that, I'm going to say, is what I think is happening with these documents because these people in the Senate, House, whatever, the president, these documents are everywhere. They're in stacks, and they have lost control. Yeah. Just like my wife and the receipts. <clears throat> I have to hunt them down. <laughs> this is, I, I'm just, I'm just confessing, right. this is a right. real problem in our marriage. <laughs> okay. It, it's a reoccurring. It's, it's a reoccurring problem. Reoccurring problem. <laughs> oh, me. Uh, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR, Tim, Ed, and Fred. Next story, Fred. Well, uh, I, I think when the history books are written of the last two or three years, what happened in Loudoun County, Virginia, when parents found out what their kids were being taught in school, has become a pivotal point. It's to, it's almost like, I, I don't want to overstate it, but it's almost like the shot heard around the world. Yes. I mean, in terms of the, the potential to change our country couple of developments uh the house there's going to be a house committee now that is going to investigate how uh merrick garland the attorney general handled parents showing up at school board meetings referring to them as domestic terrorists that's number one number two in various states across this country red states i will add they are moving to protect the rights of parents to ensure their kids are not being indoctrinated with left-wing ideology. The latest move, well, we heard from uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Uh, He's taking out a teacher's bill of rights to help teachers who have traditional values when it comes to teaching our kids to protect them against uh, Retaliation? retaliation from school boards, from even their own union, which as I think even Bishop Jackson was mentioning this, the unions, the teachers' unions are arms of the Democratic Party. Oh, yeah. That's all they are. But yesterday in Iowa, the governor of Iowa, Republican Governor Kim Reynolds, signed into law. There's a new law there that any Iowa student who wants to attend a private school can use public money to pay for tuition or other expenses under the plan approved by the Republicans there, and then signed into law by Governor Reynolds yesterday. We are seeing this happening in several jurisdictions. Iowa yesterday just became the latest. Parents are fighting back. They want to get their kids, uh, I think was DeSantis says, he believes in education, not indoctrination. Well, he's not alone. And I'll tell you, the left, we're talking about the progressive movement. We've often said on this show, Tim, I know you've said it. I think they're going to overplay their hand. Mm-hmm. And I think they're doing that in schools. And the blowback might dismantle a lot of the problems that we've had. The power of these unions, the grip that the public school system has had on education in this country forever. 
I think you're going to see, and it's going to, and ironically, it's going to be their own fault. Yes. Because they're going too far. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to take a short time out right here. Bishop E.W. Jackson, great patriot and a host of his own show here on AFR. He's got a new book out, his autobiography, and we're going to talk about it. It's titled Sweet Land of Liberty. We'll be back momentarily. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. In St. Louis, three teenagers opened fire on police officers. The cops have been investigating car break-ins. They were not injured. The teens were arrested but not sent to jail. Instead, they were turned over to their parents. In New York City, a gang of thugs attacked Fox weatherman Adam Klotz. Police made the arrest, but again, the kids set free, never saw the inside of a jail. And in Memphis, Tennessee, eight teens armed with guns were arrested for stealing cars and running from cops. All of them were set free without bail. Society tells kids to disrespect the police, and yet we feign surprise when these kids actually do what they're taught to do, enabled by woke, soft-on-crime district attorneys. What this country needs is parents to step up and start parenting. And if that doesn't work, well, maybe mommy and daddy can just share a jail cell with their sweet, cute, little, innocent criminal offspring. I'm Todd Starnes. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew 19, 14. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. 
Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the program Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. We're having some technical difficulties with our streaming some. Is that right, Brent? Yes, sir. Um, Got a little uh, network issues going on, but we're working to resolve those now. So if you're trying to tune in and see our streaming via Facebook or our streaming service, we're having some issues, but we're working to resolve it. Are we getting counseling or... (laughs) What what kind of how are we dealing with these issues that we're some counseling? Yes, sir. We are. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, I, I'm not working on. It. You said we're working on it. I'm not working. You're not on working it. on it. I hope we got somebody working on we it. We do. People I, smarter Brent's than not us working on it. No, but we got somebody working on it. Yeah, <laughs> an unnamed person. Uh, we do have great engineers and technicians. Yeah, we and, do, and we have a, a, a great IT department. So I'm sure they'll get this streaming problem fixed as soon as they can, or they want to. Uh, huh? Because you know what? You and I wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> no. Uh, we wouldn't know whether they cared or not. All they got to do is throw out a bunch of words. That's right. That technology. Say, okay. Kind of like a mechanic and then, in right. my life. Then hit a few buttons on their computer and say, I'm working on it. A mechanic will say, well, you, you, your uh, Spencer valve has gone out right now, and the flacker switch has gone bad, right. and it's going to cost you $800. And I go, well, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're listening to today's issues on AFR. Tim, Fred, and Ed, and we thank you for listening. If you want to send us an email? Again, as long as it's positive and encouraging, uh, a K-Love email, that's what we want. Uh, send that to comments at AFR.net. Comments at AFR.net is the uh, place to send us an email here for this show well uh after our program goes off the air at eleven thirty central time we uh ha- half an hour after uh the bible teaching program alistair Begg by dr alistair Begg. uh then we have uh, uh news and then every then the noon hour for those listening to the central time zone is uh the awakening with our Good friend and colleague and Christian brother E.W. Jackson, Bishop E.W. Jackson. And uh, he's got a new book out, which is basically an autobiography of his life, and which is what an autobiography is, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Uh, and it's called Sweet Land of Liberty. You need to get a copy of it and read it. It's an excellent book. I haven't finished it yet, but uh, he joins us now from uh, Virginia. Good morning, Bishop. Good morning, Tim. And listen, I guess it's better to have technical difficulties than to be banned. So, well, true. Uh, we're, we're no longer banned. Right. <laughs> right. I, I'm always, that's right. I'm always waiting on that announcement where they say we, we're experiencing tef- technical difficulties within our control, <laughs> yes. but we just don't care right now. Because uh, there, there are always technical difficulties beyond our control. Beyond, beyond our, our control. control. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yesterday, speaking of unsaid things that don't need to be said, uh, you know, you always go through, a, if you go through a uh, fast food restaurant, they say. Drive through? Yeah, they'll say, take your order. And then here's how they take your order. <laughs> what do you want? Yes. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, they take your order. Right. And this is universal. And then they say, thank you. What do they say then, Ed? Pull around. Pull around. Yeah. Pull around. 
And so last night I was at a place getting something, and uh, and the guy didn't say it. <laughs> he took my order, and then he, he didn't say, pull around. And so it was kind of like I was sitting there going, what do I don't do? you need to tell me? Because <laughs> I don't know what to do next. Okay, I know i got cars behind me, uh, but I don't know what to do. You, somebody needs to tell me. Pull around, pull around to the window. And my wife, I would just say yeah. this, and then we. Well, you're on her today. I hope. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you've already. No, she's always telling me she said be nice, right? Because I don't want them to spit on my food. She's yeah, paranoid about that's, that. Yeah. So yeah, I just treat yeah. I treat people who take my order like they're a long lost relative. Yeah. Like they're part of the family. Well, I don't provoke things. I just right. thought, my goodness, I, I've just never been up to a play, window and then take finish your order and then say. Not say anything. Yeah. Not say anything. All right, uh, EW, you've, you've got a – sorry. You'd listen <laughs> We're to that in a strange three, mood, three Bishop. Um, yep. you're, 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 how long did it take you to write your autobiography here? Well, Tim, it's autobiographical. Uh, it took me – oh, my goodness. I started writing this book during the Obama administration. Um, so it, it took me – not quite a decade, but probably seven or eight years. And I, I used to think to myself as I was coming to the end, man, I've, I'm going to have to go back and rewrite it because there's so much in it that refers right. to the Obama administration. But I realized it, it's autobi- so it's autobiographical, but it's really it's also a reflection on the country and on the issues that beset us. And I'm bringing a perspective to it as a black American saying, where is all this hatred for our country coming from? Because when I, as a, as a black American whose ancestors were slaves, look at this country, I have nothing but love for it and appreciation and affection for it. And so I try to make the case for why that is so, why all of us should be grateful to God uh, that we are Americans. And so I put my life in context, and then I put the history of the country in context, slavery in context, slavery and all that. So, so yeah, it's autobiographical, but it also gets into a lot of issues that are affecting us today. Uh, it took a long time to write. Yeah, yeah, well, seven years, well, seven years, yeah, but off and on. Sweet Land of Liberty is the title of it. You need to buy it and read it, folks. It's excellent. Uh, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves is the subtitle. If I want to get the book, how do I do that? Go to FaithfulText.com. You get a 15% discount when you go to FaithfulText.com. What, what, fa- uh, did you say Faithful? Faithful. faithful. Like F-A-I-T-H. F-A-I-T-H. That's okay. right. FaithfulText.com. That's right. That, in fact, that's a publishing house that was started by Oliver North. Oh. Um, so yeah, faithfultext.com. You get a 15% discount there. You can buy it anywhere books are sold, obviously, um, yeah. but you can get a 15% discount there. And I'm offering it as a, as a Patriot partner reward for people who sign up to help our organization to, to do the things that frankly, that I write about in the book. All right. Well, and that website's what? Oh, that's standamerica.us. Standamerica.us. Ed? Uh, Bishop Jackson, I, I, I just... I just want to congratulate you on the uh, the great um, positive feedback you've probably gotten from the news media because if there's nothing the mainstream media lo- uh, loves more, it's a conservative black person. 
Am I, am, am I right? Is that oh, how you've been treated? Listen, my, my phone is lit up with CNN and MSNBC <laughs> trying to reach right. me and just demanding that right. I come in and do an interview about how wonderful America is right. because, of course, that's what they love to hear. And you're right. They particularly love to hear that from anybody that they designate as a victim group. So <laughs> why, why, hey. why is that, Bishop Jackson? I, 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 we probably all have ideas. But you specifically, what? why do you think the news media, and it's not just the news media, would, I'm sure it would be, you know, professors in colleges and universities, uh, why sure. do they, the left. why do they, the left, hate, the, left yeah. the progressive left, why do they hate black conservatives so much? Well, I think that because they are part of a cult of power, and that cult of power, of course, requires acolytes. And what better way to get acolytes than to convince people that they are hopeless victims who need to be rescued and that they are the ones to rescue them? Uh, and I think that that's why when, you, when a black conservative stands up and says, whoa, 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 I, I don't agree with that. I love my country. I think it's the greatest place on earth to live. And by the way, I can back that up with a whole lot of facts, which they have none to back up the idea that America's white supremacist and America's in systemically racist and all of this nonsense. But when I stand up and say that, oh, man, you, you, you are in effect contradicting the narrative that they need to promote to the very people that you come from, uh, that they associate you with, and they can't have that. They just can't have that. Forgive me, guys, but if you're a white guy who really cares, right? <laughs> no, right. But, <laughs> but, but, if, but if you're a black person, oh my goodness, you, you are a poison pill for them. And you see the venom that they express, which is why I always say, they don't love minorities. They don't love black people. They love their agenda. And they are certainly willing to ally themselves with anybody who will uphold that agenda. But if you contradict it, Oh, boy, just get ready for the big guns to be fired at you, because that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to try to destroy you if they can. Well, look at the just real quickly, an anecdote there that made the news a couple three years ago was the fact that it took so long for the uh, new African-American museum at the Smithsonian in D.C. to recognize Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. You remember that? Yeah. He was left out or wasn't wasn't it? Yeah, am I right See, about that? You remember oh, that? You, yeah. you absolutely yeah. are right. Look, and, and look, I, I don't know him well, but I've met him. I've talked to him on occasions. I know his wife pretty well. One of the most decent, caring, honorable, compassionate people you'd ever want to meet. And they treat the man like a monster because, because right, he doesn't follow the narrative <clears throat> that they prescribe for black folks. By the way, you know, I've said this many times before. It, it, people don't like hearing it in some quarters, but... It's, it's really the same spirit. It's the spirit of slavery. It's the same spirit. It's a spirit of control, a spirit of domination, a spirit of wanting people to adhere to what you want them and to serve your interests rather than their own. I mean, these the people constantly pointing back 150, 200, 500, 400 years ago are doing the very same thing themselves. It's simply a modern and sanitized version of it. But it's to me, it's just as deadly. Bishop Jackson, it's Fred here. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you, Fred. Uh, listening to your program yesterday, and I get to listen to it on the way home at lunch, you were at the, at the point I was listening, you were saying the, the civil rights movement has been hijacked by the far left, and I think you were making immediate reference to the LGBTQ plus crowd 
how they've taken arguments from the civil rights and attempted to apply it to what they say are their rights. Can you talk about that a bit? Oh, yeah. And I said basically what they, they have done, they've become parasites on on what was an illustrious movement to bring us together as Americans. I think that was the vision. I know that was the vision of Dr. King. We all sit down at the table of brotherhood. We all love one another. They have hijacked that and turned that into a movement for sexual perversion on the basis that having a sexual, quote unquote, sexual orientation is the same as being a black person or a minority person on some sort of racial demographic basis. And, and, and to me, it really has, it's, it has diminished and, and polluted um, the importance of our coming together as Americans, because as you see, that this came up when uh, Ron DeSantis banned this course, this AP course on black history. And he said, well, well, one of the sections of the course teaches queer theory. Well, what does queer theory have to do with black history? Well, absolutely nothing. But they piggybacked and become parasites on the black civil rights movement. And now they're using it to accomplish things that were never intended by Dr. King and the people who really understood what we were trying to accomplish. Tell me, uh, did you learn your conservatism when you went to Harvard Law? Is that where you picked it up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Harvard Law School, bastion of conservatism. That's when he went behind Um, enemy lines. (laughs) (laughs) Very frankly. Listen, you know, Derek Bell, who's considered the godfather of critical race theory, was there at Harvard when I was there. And he was also, of course, he didn't become a mentor of mine. Uh, because I became a Christian while I was in law school, and uh, but he became a mentor of Barack Obama. Uh, speaking of B- Barack Obama again, and that's so that's where critical race theory was birthed at Harvard Law School. And no, I tell people I I went to Harvard Law School, I graduated from Harvard Law School, but I didn't drink the Kool Aid. Thank God. Um, and, and that's because I got saved while I was at Harvard Law School. And once I got saved, uh, it was an entire had an entirely different perspective on all of it. How did that happen? Your salvation experience. Wow. Uh, well, I'll, t- I'll try to tell that briefly. But uh, my dad, who's the greatest influence in my life other than Jesus Christ, my dad uh, was reading the Bible from cover to cover and told me that he was doing that and how he was enjoying it. And I was reading the great books myself and thought, well, the Bible's a great book. I didn't, didn't even think about that. Started reading the Bible from cover to cover. And I got in the middle of the old covenant and moved to the new and came under conviction. I mean, I got saved reading the Bible. I, I remember thinking to myself, this is unlike any other book because it demands a decision. And uh, it, it, the, the Lord got a hold of me through reading the Bible. And that, that's how I went back to church. And, and that's how I landed in ministry. And that's how I ended up doing what I'm doing now. God got a hold of me. So I got saved in Harvard Law School, but certainly not because of Harvard Law School. Well, and you say in your, your book, Bishop Jackson, that uh, when you got became a Christian and you told people, other people there at Harvard Law said, yeah, I'm a Christian too. But then you said, well, where have you been? Nobody, in other words, there was a chilling yeah. effect there at Harvard that kind of caused many people who were Christians to be silent. See, and you know, think about this. You're a brand new Christian, right? And you you, you are excited and man, this, this is wonderful. I, I, I found the truth. And then p- people suddenly come up to you and say, oh, oh, yeah, me too. And you think, 
well, wait a minute. I'm, I'm excited. I want to tell everybody. Why didn't you tell me? Why, right. why, why aren't you sharing it with other people? And you're right. It was because even then there was a pall uh, on, you all remember um, one of the, the, the uh, ambassadors to the Vatican, uh, Marianne Glendon, was a professor at Harvard Law School. And she, she was pro-life, of course. And she told me it was like she had leprosy. That was the way the faculty treated her because she was a pro-life Harvard Law School professor. And it was like going to the zoo. Oh, look, look at over there. Oh, there's a weird thing. Oh, yeah. Pro-life. Wow. She said it was horrible. And so that was the way it was at Harvard Law School. And and believe me, I shook some things up when I got saved because I was not shy about it. I'm not expecting that out of you. He's he's always so reserved. And docile and subdued and laid back. And uh, we're talking to Bishop E.W. Jackson, heard each day here, weekday here on American Family Radio from 12.05 to 1 o'clock Central Time here on AFR. Uh, So uh, check his radio show out. Uh, Many of you I know listen to Bishop Jackson each day. Uh, His new book is called Sweet Land of Liberty. Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves. Again, how do people get a copy? They can get uh, they can buy a copy at faithfultext.com. Did you say uh, T-E-X-T? T-E-X-T. That's right. Faithfultext.com. Gotcha. Dot com. Yep. Okay. And the 15% discount because that's our publisher's website. And again, they can get a copy through my website, standamerica.us. And if they sign up as a Patriot partner, uh, it'll explain it there um, that they'll get a free sign. Oh, signed and numbered copy, by the way. Okay. Uh, excellent. You know, I want to go back for just a moment. and We'll go back and then also talk about currently. Um, you know, uh, nobody I know uh, that wants to uh, act like slavery didn't exist in America's history uh, in terms of, we're, we're talking about teaching children in classrooms, right? Yeah, there's right? no cover mm-hmm. up. <clears throat> yeah, right. I don't know anybody who, I remember being uh, taught, right. you know, I grew up in Mississippi and, and in the 70s, we were, we were integrated by then. And uh, they talked about American slave, you know, about slavery and the Civil War and uh, all that and slavery even going back. Uh, so, I mean, nobody that I know of tries to deny that slavery <clears throat> was didn't exist and was a part of uh, our history and a sad, tragic, unfortunate, other words, uh, part of American history. Um, but then, then they sort of want the, these people who want to create animosity between racial groups and peoples. They sort of stop there, uh, and or at least stop before the civil rights movement. Then you, but you had, you know, it's, in the Civil War. Yeah, the war between the states, uh, slavery was a big issue. Some would say the, the main issue. And you had uh, millions of white people <laughs> yep. fighting for to end, to end slavery. They didn't have to do that. Right. But it was a moral uh, calling. Uh, to, for, for Okay, so you had that. Then you had uh, the civil rights movement of the 60s. Because people were still in large part um, segregated. Well, black mm-hmm. folks didn't have the right to vote. So they, they weren't, yes, you were emancipated, but you weren't fully a part of the American experience if you can't vote, right? You can't. So that changed with the appeal in the 60s, Bishop. And the I mentioned this before. Uh, the appeal 
by Dr. King and others in the civil rights movement was, uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing black folks would have probably represented 10% of the population maybe at the time. I don't know, 10 to 15? Yeah, 10 or 11%. Okay, yep. nationally. So you've got a minority uh, that small with uh, 80% white folks. Uh, if you don't have white folks on your side to make social changes, that ain't going to happen, okay? So what Dr. King did as a Baptist minister and having studied, you know, uh, the Constitution and everything, he brought a movement that was appealing to white Christian America to live up to your virtues and standards and ideals mm-hmm. and and what our country was founded on. Uh, everybody created equally in, in the eyes of God. So uh, that movement uh, was successful in changing the voting and everything, and the to, and then integration took place. So the strides, now you have, uh, we've come through where uh, a, a man who was African-American, or biracial, but still his, his, his dad was uh, black, was, uh, was elected president of the United States twice. The richest woman in America is Oprah Winfrey, who came from Mississippi and Tennessee and then went on to prosper. This would have been in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, I'm just giving a few examples here mm-hmm. uh, of uh, the entertainers and athletes and, and authors. And I mean, the list goes on and on. The, so uh, the, the, I'm just saying the progress, talk about the word being used appropriately here, not politically, that has been made uh, over the decades and centuries should be something that's celebrated and should unify us as a country <clears throat> Why? Why people? I know I'm going long winded here, but there's a there's a reason why these secular lefties, progressives, they want to go back in history and just rip open scabs, and 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 relive the the past again. Biden says, "Hey, white supremacy is the greatest threat to our country right now." We all know that isn't true, but he's trying to stoke fear among minority groups against. And turn people one against another. Anyway, you see where I'm going here, yeah. Bishop. Go ahead, comment. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, I mean, first of all, just just quickly, yeah, you, it's true. We should tell the story of slavery, but we should tell it in context. Slavery is a worldwide phenomenon, and, and, and has start, been all through history, and has been throughout right. human history. And it and and most of it has had nothing to do with race. It's just what sinful human beings do when they have the power over other human beings. Africans were enslaving other Africans. Asians were enslaving other Asians. Europeans were enslaving Europeans. I mean, what the the British did to the Irish has still not been fully understood by most people. So this is a worldwide phenomenon, which is one of the, on the back cover of my book, it says it's not the skin, it's the sin. But you see, the, the left today they don't want to put it in context. They want to make America some uniquely evil, racist place so that they can manipulate folks into believing that something must fundamentally change. As Barack Obama said when he was elected, we, are, we were only a few days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. And we're finding out now what that means. It means taking us back to a tribal 
uh, society rather than a, a society that's unified as one nation under God. And you're right. You can't celebrate success under that rubric. You have to point out any little thing you can find, microaggressions and, and, and unconscious bias and, and systemic racism, which means I can't find anything specific to complain about. <laughs> so let me make up something right. that sounds substantive. Right. I mean, that's it, a good point. Here, here's the example I'll give. I say in a country where Dr. Dre, who is a convicted felon, who rapped about killing cops, about raping women, about dealing drugs, became a billionaire. Say, now, I'd like to know what kind of discrimination there is that somebody from his background can become a billionaire. If he can become a billionaire, then obviously the doors of opportunity are open for everybody who's willing to take advantage of it. I'll tell you another thing that that the left says that but but their actions belie their words of course that happens every day right uh is that when uh, AOC and that bunch and that you know and and the uh, you know 1619 this is a systemic you just said this is a systemically racist country America needs to be condemned over and over again we need to be reminded of that every day and then they say by the way, everybody, come on into our country, <laughs> yes. because join us in and enjoying the the oppression of the of the white supremacists here. Just come on in, millions of people, brown right. people, you brown people, the white people will love you. Right, the white supremacists come on in and be oppressed. Yeah, it's just but again, it, it we know what they're saying isn't true, and they only use it to try to manipulate people. And, right. and I, I think a lot of African Americans, quite frankly, are starting to catch on to. To what's going on here? Uh, uh, did ahead. you see the latest that that zero uh, percent? They've done a poll now. Zero percent of black folks in Georgia yes. thought that they were in <laughs> any way inhibited from voting. Zero percent. Zero. I mean, so, <laughs> so my, well, it was supposed to be Jim Crow too. Remember? Right. Exactly. It was Jim exactly. Eagle. Right. And, and the All- Major League All Star Game. Oh no, we got to we got to get the- out of African American Atlanta. We need to go to White Denver. <laughs> right. right. To show our outrage here. Remember Coca Cola yes. and Delta just speaking out? Well, we just it's unbelievable that people of color won't be able to vote in uh, Georgia. And now we done the uh, the postscript on this and found out that African Americans in Georgia go no no we had a good experience with it <laughs> we're good yeah right? it's it's uh, about power yeah, not, it's, not not about that's right dis- decency and justice uh, the book is called Sweet Land of Liberty by our guest E W Jackson you need to get a copy of it thanks E W talk to you later thanks Tim thanks everybody Bye-bye. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.